Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest with Sarah Larby and we have two awesome guests today from usproperties.ca. James and Voitech. And if you are looking at other alternatives and investing in the US, you are in for a treat today. So lots of great content. We talk about Detroit, the markets, and some numbers and financials and many more things. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And don't forget, we have monthly events that we host. So if you are local to the GTA, and I would say within a you know hour or two radius, come out. We are in Burlington and February 15th at 6.30 to about 9.30, we are hosting a live networking workshop style events. And that is on scaling your small business part two. And if you have a business and you're looking to create sources of income, active sources of income, grow your business, find out where you can get loans from and everything in between, February 15th. That is the next one and check it out at midtermrentalproperties.com. Go to the events section. You can see all the events that we have coming up. We do speed networking and many more things. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and feel free to send a message if you have any real estate investing questions, entrepreneurship questions, sarah at sarahlarby.com. Enjoy the podcast. Voitech James, welcome back. The experts in U.S. properties, specifically in Detroit. I uh, can't wait to hear all about what is new and exciting, but welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Really always enjoy being here. Yeah, likewise, sir. Pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So before the podcast, we were just talking about some exciting updates about Detroit, but for those that may not be familiar with Michigan, what you do and and how you've helped investors, maybe just give us like a, a quick overview of you know what it is that you're doing currently to help investors make more money. Yeah, of course. I'll take that one. Hello, everybody. It's a pleasure to be back. And for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Jay. I'm the Vice President of Sales here at usproperties.ca. Look, quickly, we are a Canadian-based boutique investment company really specializing in helping predominantly Canadian investors. We do deal sometimes with Americans or foreign nationals, but the vast majority of people are Canadian. What we offer is a turnkey solution for investing in cash flow positive real estate in the Detroit, Michigan area. I think one of the, the, the keynotes to, to know about us, what really sort of defines us from my perspective, is our, our end-to-end turnkey system. You know, so everything that a potential investor who's listening today would need from uh, the correct U.S. entity formation for taxation and liability concerns through property selection, construction, property management, lending, insurance. You know, we have either in-house or at our fingertips. And, you know, as I speak to potential investors on a weekly basis, I think there are a lot of people who potentially are being interested for a while in dipping their toe in the U.S. market, but may have found it a little daunting as to where would I go? Who's going to help me? Who's going to help me get set up? And I think the fact that we're Canadian at our core, but yet have this extensive infrastructure, experience, reputation, uh, and boots on the ground in Detroit, uh, it really strikes a chord. I think we offer a really um, amazing full package to help people get entered the, the U.S. market correctly. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Voitech, why Detroit? I mean, you've been doing this for a while and you've bought many properties in Michigan yeah. and you guys absolutely love Michigan, but why Detroit? Well, 
I'll tell you, I mean, we love the story. We love what's been going on there, you know, for the last seven or eight years that we've been there. You know, it's been, it's a city that, you know, went down the toilet, <laughs> literally, you know, it, you know, what has been going for a number of years until 2013. And, you know, there, there was a bankruptcy that happened. They got our billions of dollars from the federal government in order to rebuild and rebuild the infrastructure. And what, what it created is really an amazing playing ground for entrepreneurs and real estate investors that want to come in and be part of something really exciting and, and a rebuild of a major American iconic city. You know, Detroit used to be, you know, on the same, you know, plane as New York or Chicago or, you know, Boston, one of these major cities. And because of it was so reliant on certain type of automotive industry and a few other things that kind of happened along the way. You know, it's, it, it went into an decline over a number of years and, and now it's in, it's in a major rebuilding phase and all the exciting things that are happening with, you know, automobiles and, and, and this, this massive shift from, you know, from combustible engines to, to electric and Detroit's at the forefront of it. It's really, it has this massive infrastructure where all the factories that have been producing a, you know, regular, you know, gasoline vehicles are now being shifted and turned into electric plants. And, uh, you know, and, and so many of the U.S. Uh, cities and states have mandates now to really change, you know, the, the way they, we, we sell vehicles and operate vehicles, right? So, you know, California, for example, by 2045, they're going to eliminate 90% of, of cars. It's good. They're going to go 90% electric, right? And so there's this massive demand where like tens of millions of cars have to be produced, manufactured in a very short period of time. In order to meet that demand, you know, so get a positive impact on, on, on the environment of, and, and on the rest of the, you know, the country itself. And, and all that's happening in Detroit combined with, you know, massive real estate gains, like really literally going from, you know, homes that were being sold for $5,000, $2,000, you know, 10 years ago to now, you know, average home price being closer to $200,000 in downtown, you know, metro, metro Detroit areas, you know, still well below the national average. So. That's interesting. I don't know if you know these stats, but I was always curious that, I mean, obviously, you know, you're in the business of buying and rehabbing homes or for Canadian investors to then rent out. Is Detroit, you know, like what's the percentage of renters versus homeowners? Have you ever looked at that? Just curious. We are. Yeah. So, you know, so again, it goes by neighborhood, right? But most neighborhoods where we buy, it's about 50-50. You know, it's, it's very close to those numbers. So okay. 50% owners, 50% renters. And are they, you know, like you mentioned, automotive industry, like, are they mostly in that blue collar, you know, world of making, working at one of the plants, the car dealerships, the car manufacturing? Like, is that mostly what their, their work is for the ones that work? Obviously, I know you guys do a lot of Section 8 as well, but the ones that are employed. Yeah. So, so there's a huge range of industries that have really developed, like, you know, from the tech sector to the banking, to financials, to insurance, you know, it's, it's really all encompassing. It's a major U.S. city. So you have, you know, 6 million people in greater Detroit, right. That are employed. So, you know, obviously certain industries will be more prevalent in the suburbs, such as, you know, maybe logistics or you know, or, or things that tend to kind of be drawn to those areas. Well, you get, as you get closer to downtown, you have everything. I mean, tech is massive. You know, Google yeah. had three offices now in the oh, Detroit wow. area. You know, you know, Amazon is there. 
you know, you know, there's, you know, every single like social media platform has an office there. So it's really become a very inexpensive way to, you know, set up an office because, the, the, you know, the, the rent per square foot is so low on the commercial side that, the, you know, these companies can move in there and operate at a lower cost and still have all the benefits of being in a bigger city and have access to labor and to talent. So it's really incredible what they've done and the rebuild that has occurred in the last few years. You know, I, I often speak to people about, you know, kind of they have a stigma of Detroit, right? And they have this past interpretation or view that was just crime-ridden, scary city, oh, don't go there, right? And that was, certainly was the case. You know, you go 15 years back from now, it, there was, you know, the, you know, downtown uh, stores were boarded up. There was no restaurants. There was no nightlife. There was no hotels, you know, very few. And right now, you know, there's 20 new boutique hotels that open. There is a, a very lively food scene, restaurant scene. Um, I actually think the food is better than it is in Toronto. You know, like, it's, you know, like a little bit less variety, but everything that's there is really high quality. Like they really try in, in, in appease and, 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 and try and get more clients and, and uh, it's, a, it's a really amazing success story. Very cool. It sounds like it's revitalized and re continuing to revitalize. You, you mentioned that there are some numbers and some stats, right, recently that came out, I think, before that you were wanting to share the, the Detroit market. Can you share a little bit of that insight? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're super excited uh, because we often watch different markets in the U.S. and kind of see what's going on, what's going on in the other cities, like in the major cities like L.A. and New York and Boston and what's going on in Florida and in Texas. And they've always been at the top of the charts, right? Miami has been, for the last, you know, two years, has been number one in terms of property appreciation, right? You know, usually cities like L.A. and Boston and, you know, New York, of course, have also been towards the top of the list and then a bunch of stuff in Texas and Florida. For the first time in 2024, Detroit tops them all, right? And, and top Miami for the number one spot, you know, despite the, you know, the appreciation that everything that's going on with the uh, interest rates, of course, like, you know, we've seen here in Ontario, you know, there's been a decrease in prices, decrease in demand, it's a bit of a struggling market at the moment, right? Detroit's did more than 9% appreciation in 2023 alone. And now it's poised for 10.9% in 2024. So there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of positive things that, of positive things that are happening in the marketplace. And, you know, the interest rates are anticipated to ease, you know, most major banks and private banks and, you know, and Bloomberg and all these like major financial authorities are predicting that by May of 2024, there is about an 80% chance during that said meeting that the rates will be decreased. Right. So and it's not guaranteed, of course, but 80% is a pretty good number. And we're anticipating, although it will be gradual, that there's a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation, a lot of people looking to, you know, jump back into the market because of these decreasing rates and, you know, the ability to take advantage of, of what's going on with the, with the economic cycle. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so that's interesting. So, I mean, obviously you're talking about the double digit growth in the next coming year with, with that market. So just to get an idea, because I mean, obviously, as Canadians, our price points are quite different than I would say, even compared to many states in the U.S. And every state is so different. Yes. Uh, first and foremost, is this a blue state or is this a red state? Um, so it's a swing state. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's currently blue, 
but to, you know, at previous election, it was red and it's the one that it, if it goes a certain way, it has a high level. Interesting. Okay. But it's landlord friendly. I know we've had that discussion. Though. It is. It is. Right. It is. Yeah. It, I, we find, I mean, I find a majority, well, not majority, a lot of the U.S. states are very landlord friendly. You know, there's a couple of California. Unless states. you're like in New York, California, like some blue states. That's why I was asking if it's blue or red. But I guess if it's a swing state, there's, you know, there's California is tough. California, I've heard, you know, Ontario type stories in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same, same. Water's rights and everything like that. But Okay, yes. so so just to get an idea, because obviously our price points in Ontario, are, you know, many places in Ontario are still at a price point where it might be crazy in the U.S. to think about something that's worth half a million dollars. But what is the price point in the what, like, let's just say the average of the last 10 properties that you both bought for investments? Like, what was the average range of what that looked like right. to get us, you know, an idea of what we're looking at? Well, we still sell a cross-section of assets that makes sense in today's market for for ourselves and for our investors. Uh, I think the the sort of entry level properties around one hundred thousand US for a smaller three bedroom bungalow. They make a lot of sense. You know, they got great cash on cash returns. They're they're low maintenance, and they you know they make a lot of sense. Like I said, in today's market with today's rates, right up through more expensive properties around one hundred one hundred fifty to our sort of premium property, which is around two hundred fifty thousand. So that's the sort of spectrum of the range of pricing that we sell. I think that's a pretty good o- overview there. Yeah. Okay. So 100 on the low end, as an example, that's US dollars. Yeah. And yeah. the acquisition is there financing for Canadians that are looking at buying, you know, something yeah. in Detroit, or are they buying it all cash to start? Absolutely. You know, when we first started, it was more difficult to get financing out of the gate for our investors. We did a lot of come in, buy cash, get stabilized. And then the lenders would be happy to work with the investor because they had an asset, right? So they could do a cash out refi within sort of 90 to 90 days to six months. I think what's opened up in the last two years, especially through a lot of hard work by Wojtek and finding, you know, a, a lending partner, is that financing has become more accessible to our Canadian investors like right out of the gate. So more and more investors are coming in and, and, and uh, purchasing these homes to, through, through financing. You know, and, you, and what is average- that loan to value? What are the rates, the terms, if you're able to share? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hi, I'm Dahlia Barsoom, founder of Streetwise Mortgages and Streetwise Wealth. As we enter 2024, I wanted to provide some guidance to real estate investors like yourself on navigating the year ahead. There is no question that 2023 brought intensifying headwinds with rising mortgage rates and declining home prices and sales activity. Many buyers retreated, while some over-leveraged investors faced tough decisions about their portfolios. However, as we turn to 2024, the forecast suggests replenished buyer demand on the horizon thanks to improving affordability, expectations of falling mortgage rates in the latter half of 2024, and hopes of a broader economic rebound. This sets the stage for stabilization and renewed growth across many Canadian housing markets over the coming year. As a savvy investor, you are now ideally positioned to capitalize on these shifting dynamics. As prices stabilize in the first half of 2024, those with readily available financing can scoop up discounted properties. Existing portfolio holders may then be able to unlock value as well 
through strategic refinancing once rates begin falling later in 2024. Conditions in early 2024, however, could remain volatile, and it's vital that you stay closely connected with your mortgage advisor to capitalize on the best opportunities given your unique situation. The most successful investors will rely on expert guidance to strategically adapt as the recovery gains steam. We have exciting developments in store for 2024 that will empower investors like yourself like never before. This includes expanding our private lending services, which will unlock new property financing sources while also creating attractive fixed income options for lenders. 2024 has the makings of a year full of potential rewards for proactive real estate investors like yourself. As your trusted partner, I am eager to help you realize the plentiful opportunities that lie ahead. If you would like to see how to benefit from the 2024 interest rate forecast and create a strategic plan tailored to maximize your gains from the unique market opportunities 2024 will present, go ahead and book a complimentary planning session with one of our team members. We can assess your current portfolio and goals, model out rate scenario impacts, and develop a customized action plan to help you adapt and thrive as dynamic shifts occur. By planning ahead, you can capitalize on the discounted properties, identify the best refinancing window for yourself, and much more that we can reveal through the planning session. You may book your session at info at streetwisemortgages.com. As we enter 2024, I wish you peace, prosperity, and abundance in the new year. And here is to renewal, energy, and a wonderful year ahead. And now back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. On, on a purchase acquisition, it's a 70% LTV. So right. you need to put down 30%. You know, we have a very good, quite a substantial U.S. lending partner that is very excellent. They're professional and they are offering the rates today are about seven, seven, eight to 8%. Okay. And that is a private lending partner or is that like one of the major banks in the U.S.? It's private lending. We had found like just for our foreign national investors, private lending to be the best solution, particularly in the Detroit market. Uh, that, that being said, they're a major U.S. private lender. They really do have uh, lower fees and, and, and rates than most of the competition. Uh, you know, we found through our experience with dealing with multiple lenders that, you know, some of them called themselves lenders, but in reality, we're, we're into fit tech or we're slightly under underfunded. So there's a lot more dialogue and, and it was more of an arduous process going through the financing. Whereas our current situation is very streamlined, very professional. Clients come in, you know, they, they connect with us. Once they're on board, we find them a property. We can then introduce them to the lending partner. There's an initial meeting. Um, I supply some sort of data, basic data on the property, give the lender an overview of what they're going to be looking at. What they're really looking at is to make sure the property is cash flow positive with the mortgage that the debt service ratio is good that and that they're set up correctly through our U.S. attorney with, you know, the proper U.S. entity formation, EIN, U.S. bank account. We help with that whole process. But once that's done, it's sort of passed over to the lender. It's quite a streamlined process. It goes to a loan, a loan officer down to the loan processor. It's just some basic document submission, you know, the scans of passports, the entity documents to get an appraisal. And then of course the, the liquidity is deposited into the U.S. bank account and the deals fund. So start to finish 30 days. It's been great. Our clients are super happy with it from both the purchasing and from a refinancing state. And we couldn't be more happy with the lending situation. 
Okay. So your business model essentially is you buy something that needs work. And correct me if I'm wrong. You buy something that needs work. Your team rehabs. You help them through the refinance. And then you help with the property management to place the tenant, correct? Exactly right. That's exactly right. And how do you make your money as a business? So we have, you know, essentially we run the construction, like sort of arm of the business, or I run that arm. So when we do a construction, we'll, you know, we'll do a slight markup on, on the stuff that we build, right? Our, our, our normal, like, you know, uh, business model is, you know, we make about 10% of each property. So it's not a huge amount of money, right? Go for volume. We do, we do absolute, our absolute best to give our clients equity and the potential for equity capture. That's been working amazingly well in the last six to 12 months. I mean, we've had so many clients that had, you know, we had recently we had purchased, we had sold the property to a client for 220,000. That was a more premium property, but that's what he was looking for. And it appraised for, I think it was 280,000, you know? So, and that was like literally, you know, just a month later, right? So that was already, yeah, that, that value was already built in simply because we, you know, we take the value of the property, we add the construction and then we'll add our, our, our profit to it. Now, Everything else that's beyond that, you know, sometimes the client will get 5,000, sometimes they'll get 50,000. It all depends on how good our buying was and, you know, and what we're able to achieve with that property. So we've really been, you know, we've had so many clients get that equity capture and that really enables them to scale and to burr and then, you know, and then go again, because we're really in the business of helping people build portfolios mm -hmm. and, you know, and acquire larger amount of properties and really manage them for them so they can build something on the side and really great asset on the side that when they decide to exit, there'll be a whole bunch of equity for them, you know, uh, at the end of the day. That's really the bottom. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get rich off of one Detroit property, but I guess it's the scaling method. How many, what's the percentage of clients that are repeat clients that buy more than one property with you? It's been a long, like very few people come in and say, you know what, I'm going to buy one property call a day, right? Almost everyone is, is scaling either from an initial cash investment which we were talking about earlier, and then doing a cash out refine into multiple more properties, or they're they're just coming in and they're financing multiple properties and then refinancing when they can't. So, like I, I got to say, it's almost all the clients are, are scaling, and you know I spend a lot of my time helping people with that. You know that's kind of what I do. I'm here to help people to the turnkey system, whether it's initially getting set up and everything in between, to make it as easy as possible to get them from introduction through cash flow. And then I often come back on board, you know, they're saying, you know what, they've seen it work. They, you know, things have stabilized. It's been three months, six months, a year, and they're happy and they want to get more of them. So we come in and we have a, a meeting. We see what we could do, what's going on with the property, what's going on with the terms and the mortgage. And then, and then we reintroduce them to, to the lender and, and we scale. So it's really important to know these are highly scalable properties. Um, and it's all about to do with the neighborhood selection, producing this high lift. That we're continuing to get. I think it really sort of ties in with what Wojciech was talking about with the, the national um, you know, appreciation in Detroit, but we're just seeing it. And we have a lot of happy investors. Uh, the appraisals are coming in weekly and all of them are high compared to what the investor paid for the property or they're about to pay for a property. And and that's really got just you know, a lot to do with Wojciech's construction, which has really managed to improve. We bought it a lot more in-house. These could be able to get better pricing because of that shorten up the timelines and, and really produce a better product, I think, you know, for, for the investor. So yeah, we're continuing to get that lift and a lot of people, almost all people are scaling, sir. 
Now, as they're scaling, are they building credit, U.S. credit history that they're going to be able to utilize, you know, whether they want to go to Texas down the road or do something different? Like, are you helping them build that as well along the way? So, you know, they are building credit with the credibility and experience with the lenders. So, yes, absolutely. They're not, per se, you know, in order to, to get actual U.S. credit, you do need to get a social security number. And it's, it's, a, it's some paperwork that's involved. It is possible. It takes 6 to 12 months for them to get a social security number if they wanted to go that route. But most of them choose not to. And most of them will just, you know, U.S. lenders really look at experience of the investor above almost everything. Like, look, of course, the appraisal of the property will be at the top of the list. And, you know, but that's, it's a very close second or third. And so if you're able to show that you had a mortgage for six months or 12 months in the U.S. and you had a successful property and you're making your mortgage payments, they will lend you unlimited capital to buy more as long as you choose to take that path. You know, and, and what's great is the lenders that we deal with are national. So if you wanted to start in Detroit, but like you said, go to Florida, go to California or wherever else you want to buy, you can do that, you know, and you can use a relationship with that lender to purchase additional assets anywhere in the country, including Hawaii. Yeah. So that's definitely very interesting. I mean, as you're saying this, I'm thinking blue state, maybe not so much landlord friendly, but you know, there's opportunity everywhere, I'm sure. So. Okay, so they're coming in. It's taking about 30 days for the transaction from start to finish, essentially, when you're like, okay, let's, you know, if they call you and they say, we want to do something with you, 30 days to set things up until they close on a property is rough, the rough time frame. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. yeah. As long as the property, the renovations are finished. I mean, you know, certain properties are different phases. You know, some we may have just finished renovations, some are finishing in two weeks. So, you know, from the moment we say, okay, go ahead and appraise. It's mm -hmm. usually 30 days or less, you know, yeah. in, in, in shorter periods of time, as long as, you know, the buyer is willing to submit the documents, you know. Right. And when are yeah, they, right. sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's really 30 days of introduction to lender. What that means is that the client has just signed the purchase contract, right? Which is the intent to purchase. And of course, like what to extent the property is ready. Because the first thing the lender will do, once they've accepted the file and met with the client and is order an appraisal and like to get that appraisal order right away. And then from there, 30 days later, we could all work together, get the entity documents, go through the necessary submissions to the lending processor and we can close. So you have properties ready then essentially at all times, or are you then bringing the investor first and then looking for a property for them after? Well, carry, you know, we usually carry five to 10, you know, and we'll have that many available. So if someone wants to buy a portfolio of 10 properties today, we can make that available. You know, if a client is looking for a very specific type of property and we don't have it in the portfolio, well, then we'll source it, renovate it and turn it over. That would take just a little bit longer, but there's always stuff they can buy immediately and, yeah. you know, take ownership like, you know, within 30 days. Okay. And what are the upfront costs? Like, I mean, I'm guessing there's legal costs or setting up your LLC corporation stuff. Like what are the costs to, that are associated with acquiring? It's affordable. I can tell you that, you know, so, you know, as a client approaches us and I've had the conversations with them and it, it's evident they want to move forward. Even before that, I commonly introduce them to our, our Michigan tax attorney because they often have questions like, how is this going to work from a taxation perspective? Being Canadian, they want to ensure that. But once they make that decision and they, 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 solidified they want to move forward they start that process with their attorney it's about 1400 us right to get the structure which is the formation of the two needed us entities 
with the articles and, and the operating agreements and also the EIN number, which is the registration number with the IRS for both businesses. Once we get that, we can do a bunch of stuff. Most importantly, we can introduce them to the lender. And secondly, I can get you a US-based business bank account under the same entity. So now it's really starting to come together, right? You're going to be purchasing a house under an entity and you're going to have a bank account under the same entity. And this is really the sort of correct formation that the lenders are going to want to see to lend you money as a foreign national. All right. Besides that, and that's a really affordable pricing, by the way, guys. I mean, that structure was was sort of found through Wojtek and Pamela's hard work in the, in the beginning of our company through a, a cross-border tax specialist here in Toronto. And the same sort of formations in Canada would be you know, three or four times the price. So he's got a very special rate for our, for our potential investors to get correctly set up. That's really it, to be honest with you, for the initial start. Of course, once you, you know, sort of hone in and find a property, we would work together to get you feeling comfortable and sign a purchase contract. And it would be a sort of 3% of purchase price deposit placed on the property. And then we're sort of off to the races. And then we start the process with the lender. There would be uh, an appraisal fee, but nothing on the line with what people would expect. And then of course we, you know, we work through the process and you know, the, the next step would be to deposit the down payment of liquidity requirement into the U.S. business bank account. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Experience Inspire Beach Resorts. It is the resort that we have been building and it is ready. So if you are looking to host events, team building opportunities, retreats of your own, and just even potentially hang out with your friends or family or colleagues, you can rent out a cabin, you can rent out the entire resort. Inspire Beach Resort, it is an adults only, it is Canada's only themed resort specifically for adults and the themes are really nice they're really upscale like you have like the beach theme you've got a rustic lodge theme and a vintage hollywood and we are adding more every year but there is uh, an awesome space that is on the water to host your retreats your events your business meetings planning meetings all of that good stuff so check that out inspirebeachresorts.com now back to the show all right. So it sounds like you've got a team also in place that helps facilitate that entire process. You were talking about an attorney and who's yeah. on your team. Like, who do you have that if somebody is brand new, maybe mm-hmm. this is their first investment, they haven't done anything in the U.S. Like, who are some yeah. of the people that you have on your team to help facilitate the the process other than obviously, you know, all the support that you provide as well? So, well, we, it's have, really, you know, we have the attorney, obviously, that will help with the entity formation. You know, there's, he's also a tax attorney, so he can help with the tax. There are bookkeepers that are available to process, you know, to input any transactions. You know, then, of course, we have the property management team, which manages absolutely everything from A to Z. They have access to a huge amount of contractors, maintenance people, you know, property inspectors. You know, we also employ a number of trades and People that are, you know, just readily accessible should anything happen to the property, you know, anything at all, anything that's needed, you know, so, and and then we're here, you know, in, in Canada, right, to help answer any questions. I mean, you know, James is so knowledgeable and, you know, he has uh, people that work with him and assistance and people that can help, you know, take people through transactions or help them with insurance needs, absolutely anything that's related to the property that, that will arise that comes up, you know. We're here to help and we can address any issues or answer any questions you may have. So on a scale from like super passive to very active, passive is like you're a money lender, active is you're, you know, managing the active project from start to finish. 
This sounds like it's a little more passive in the sense that, you know, yes, you know, you're not partnering necessarily with them. You're not the JV in that sense, but you're doing a lot of the legwork, right? So you're helping with the acquisition, you're doing the management, the contracting, everything so that like they can be as passive as possible because you're even providing the property management. So on, a, on that scale, it's like it's maybe not as passive as being a money lender, but it's not far. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't sound like it's too far from that. That's right. That's right. We really tried to alleviate any issues that, that, that might arise and really try and, you know, we, our goal is really to give investors the possibility of being passive while having all the benefits of having actually purchased the property and have the different revenue streams that are available to you by actual ownership of the hard assets. You know, where I feel that, you know, investing your money with someone and being like, oh, hey, you're going to get your 8% return. But well, that's great, but that will always only be 8%. You know, what by working with us, an investor can get the eight or 10% cash flow. But in addition to that, they can get all the appreciation of owning the asset and the ability to refinance it, buy it, sell it, whatever they want to do with the property at any given point. It's 100% theirs. And they have full control over it. They don't have to deal with, you know, partners not paying disagreements, all that stuff, right? They're completely in, in control, but they have this massive support from us where we take them through step-by-step to eliminate any of the guesswork, heavy research, time commitments, and, you know, and should things arise and, you know, it's look at property stuff is going to come up, you know, you might have a little maintenance issue. You might want to, you know, you might, the tenant might be late paying, et cetera. We have tools to remedy all the potential situations that may arise at their disposal. So again, they don't have to deal with it directly, but they get really all the benefits of, of actually owning the property. So, yeah. Well, and building some U.S. credit, I guess, along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the possibility of expanding into other states and, you know, they want to go into Florida. We had some, we've done some deals down there as well. And, you know, and, and we will go back into the Florida market a little bit heavier once the interest rates go down a little bit. So that's a possibility. And, you know, we've had some clients that, you know, decided to do some short-term rentals and we've been able to facilitate the acquisition of those particular assets for them as well. So we really have you know, all the different types of properties covered and we're here to help and, and really have everyone have as much success as possible within the market. Okay. All right. Awesome. Any final comments before we wrap up? James, let's start with you. You know, I've just often asked you if you exactly that, if I had to give some final comments or advice to people, it would just be, you know, if you're thinking about entering the U.S. market, but you just need hesitant, this is a great opportunity and we're here to help. Okay. So just please reach out and, you know, I will personally help along with Wojtek and the team every step of the way to get you, you set up correctly and, and on the way to a successful, you know, U.S. investment. And, um, I know as things progress, you'll always know that, you know, you started correctly, you're set up correctly. Um, and, you know, you could join a portfolio of other key investors who've done the same and, uh, are, are happy and, and properties are going up in value and, and they're all scaling. That's what we love to do here. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Wojtek, what about you? Yeah. You know, like I kind of wanted to address maybe some of your younger listeners that are, you know, maybe struggling in the, you know, in the Ontario marketplace and trying to buy a home. I have siblings that are, you know, finished university, did amazingly well. They, they have well-paying jobs and are having a very difficult time trying to buy anything in Toronto because the prices are so, so out of control. And, and the mortgages are going to take on, especially with these high rates, you know, are, you know, astronomical. And so they're scared and they're, you know, they're kind of stuck, you know, and, and these are people in their early 30s, late 20s, you know, even up to 40s, who just can't afford to buy anything. And just, 
I wanted to invite your listeners to kind of think outside the box. And, you know, and sometimes it makes sense to own real estate in a certain market, but it really makes sense to rent in another. And, you know, with small down payment, you can really, you know, help yourself generate passive cash flow in one market, which can be used to pay your rent in another and essentially be living, you know, rent free, which is, you know, something a lot of people don't think about. And, you know, and, and we feel that, you know, in markets where you can pick up properties for $100,000, there's a lot of room to grow. And the potential of that property turning into a two or $300,000 property, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, is quite high. You know, uh, whereas, you know, on markets that are at the top, top end of their prices, you know, such as Toronto, you got a three, four million dollar home. By the time that gets to $12 million, well, that could be 25 or 30 years down the road. The doubling is shorter in these more expensive assets. Yeah. And whenever there are, you know, things that occur, such as interest rates or COVID, that just have all, the, all these different things that can occur, they really slow down the growth and the development of that. So just think outside the box. And, you know, and, and if you're thinking about starting real estate investing, it's often very smart to start small and start with smaller investments. I mean, you can get into a Detroit market with thirty or $40,000, right? It, that's impossible to do that in most other markets. You know, 99% of the markets in North America, you just can't do that, right? Here, there's an opportunity to do that. And, you know, and that's how my wife and I started seven years ago and we could never imagine how, how many properties you can buy in a short period of time and how much success you can have just by starting with a small investment and having vision and thinking about real estate investing long-term and really, you know, not worrying about small little fluctuations, things that occur, just have long-term vision and you're going to have, you know, massive long-term success. Great insights. Love that. Wojtek, James, thank you so much. Where can my listeners reach out to you, find out more, potentially inquire about your market and, and doing some projects with you? Well, they can look up our website, usproperties.ca. We've got some great information there about you know, what we're selling and what's going on in Detroit. And uh, they can reach out directly to us through a submission on there. We pick up all of them and reply to all of them. And it'd be our pleasure to do that. So, you know, check us out. You could also email me directly at James Lloyd, L-O-Y-D at usproperties.ca. Uh, I will respond promptly and we can set up a call and just start the initial discussion. Amazing, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show and congrats on your success. And every time we talk, you're, you know, scaling and you're helping more, yeah. and more investors. So thanks for all you do and congrats. Thank you Thank so you, much. Sarah. Pleasure. Pleasure seeing you as usual. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larvey. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.